Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? I hope you guys are doing well. This is Pastor Johnny, your host. I am alongside my other host as well, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's up, brother? Welcome all those listening, watching. By the way, I'm digging the shirt. You like my shirt? Yeah. People listening can't see it. No, they can't. Sorry, guys. The the, the one, the only, Billy Graham. I love it. Can we talk about what you said when I first sat down? (laughs) No, I did not. No, no, no. Can we talk about that? Let me correct you, bro. (laughs) What you said when I first sat down about my shirt. My son got me the shirt from the guy that he works from. So it's his clothing line. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love uh, that. You you, you mistaken Billy for Benny. We'll just leave it right there. (laughs) Pastor Will hit me with some Benny Hinn stuff, and that was on my head. Not the same person. Guarantee you're not the same person. (laughs) Not even close. Oh, man. But you're looking fresh, man. Come on. Let's go. I got to yeah. keep up with you. I don't know, man. I, yeah. I got to keep up with you. Yeah, I got to get some gear. I got to hit up Kobe, get some gear. But The problem is we don't have merch yet. Yeah, we We're don't. We're going to finish this we year. Don't. You promised everybody merch. No. I <laughs> and I said the that hopes has are not for merch. happened yet. Somebody sponsor the show. <laughs> get us some merch. In, Come on. Email us and say, I'm going to get y'all some merch. Come on. That's my gift Please. for all you've done for 30. This will be 34 weeks, right? 34. This is 34 episode 34 weeks. Yep. We're going we're gonna to pick up the merch for you, Dang. and we're going to make this happen. You know what we should have done, man? Like, for every number episode, kind of like whatever athlete had 34. Bo Jackson. Ooh. Ooh, look at that. Right, right off, off the, the bat. Because we're, we're sports guys. We love That's our it. sports, so. Got Bo Jackson today on on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> <Benny> and, <laughs> and Billy Graham. We're going all, all three Bo's, everywhere, Triple bro. B. <laughs> Big baller we're, brand is right here. Yeah, yeah, there we, we go. go. We're going everywhere today. Well, welcome, man. We're, we're so thankful to have you guys joining us here at the Post Sunday Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great week thus far. We are on episode 34, 34 weeks into this never-ending story series. I hope you have been following along with us. If you're not and you're new, well, welcome, welcome. We love all of our listeners. Uh, if you're not, um, it just kind of give you a little bit of insight what we're doing if you're new with us, but we're, we're going through the Bible through an entire year. Yes, we are as a church, Genesis Church Orlando. We're in East Orlando. We are going into the Bible for a full year, and we are on. Uh, we've entered into the New Testament here the last couple weeks, and so we are on week thirty-four, and uh, and it's great, man. We've been able to dive in. But if you want to binge, we got episodes one through thirty-three available for you guys on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, a couple episodes available as well on YouTube, and you guys can follow us on all the socials as well, post-Sunday podcast. But to get a lot of detailed or resources, man, check us out at genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. 
you're going to be able to get a lot of um, resources there available for you and really be able to catch up and and uh, just go along this journey with us, the never-ending story, man. But it's been fantastic. I'm excited to really dial in uh, into episode 34. But before we do, I uh, just want to shoot it out there. Um, if you're interested, if you're interested in the podcast world, the creative world, uh, all that entails in this side of the field, we would love, love to hear from you. Looking for some volunteers and people to really join us and tag along uh, in this experience and this journey. Uh, check us out um, at the at the pod or send us an email, postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to get to know you and possibly have you join our team. Yeah, there's someone it, out so. there right now that they listen regularly. Yeah. And they got some skills that we don't have. Hey, social and media so skills. You need to reach out to us and go, let me help. I want to be a part of yeah. what God is doing with this. And, uh, and you know, help us take it to new levels. Let's that go. would be really cool. Yeah. So no, you sure. do that as well as all those who watch and listen. Yeah. Because I know that we say this, but it would really help. Just hit that review button on Spotify or iTunes and uh, and leave a review or a rating. That would be awesome um, because then that allows it to, to find its way within the algorithm, as yeah. they call it, uh, for other people. And that is the most amazing thing that we keep repeating is the amount of people that don't live in Orlando that are now discovering the podcast yeah. of just two pastors that are taking God's word and we're just kind of unwrapping it at new levels. So you don't have to go to our church. No. You don't have to be in Orlando. This podcast is a resource, a resource for you as you're walking in your adventure, you know, with God and you're growing spiritually. And we want to help you understand the Bible as much as we possibly can in today's world and culture. So Let's go. All those things. Yeah, man. Uh, we we are, you know, stretching ourselves. This year has been a year of really providing as much resources as, as we can for our people. But, again, that requires stretching. It requires uh, really taking your leadership to the next level. So uh, it's been great. It's been a fantastic journey thus far. So I'm looking forward to episode 3-4. But before we do, we got our man Stanton on the board today. What's up, my man? How you doing? I missed one week, but I'm back. Oh, man, he's I never back. missed two weeks in a row. Let's go. <laughs> Producer Stanton is never back on the in entry list. The house. Love me some Stanton, man. I love me some Johnny. It's good to get some dose of Producer Stanton in the house. He's got the post-Sunday pod question of the week. Yes, let's, let's, let's do it, bro. I do. Time now for Pastor Johnny and Pastor Tim to drop that spiritual knowledge on you. This is the PSP question of the day. I will say when I listened last week, it was kind of weird hearing Alexis, her soft voice, and then you just hear like the epic hip hop in the background. And it's just my voice that did kind of throw me off. <laughs> like you guys said, the ghost of Stanton will never stop yeah. creeping these halls and these buildings. So Left your mark, homie. I will always be here. But anyway, let's get to the question. Question reads, is Jesus life the only one that is accounted for by the four books of the Bible simultaneously, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four in the New Testament? And is this to create more proof? And then a follow-up question, were any of the disciples also prophesied in the Old Testament like John the Baptist was? Ooh. All right. Master. Let's go with that, right? A um, little bit there in a nutshell. So, um 
I think the reality of not just the Gospels. First, yeah, let's start there. You have four eyewitness accounts. That's what the Gospels are. Four people that actually spent time with Jesus. They walk with him, they learn from him, they observed him, and they wrote those experiences about him. There, there's nobody that argues that that didn't happen because there are outside sources of the Bible that speak about Jesus. So for proof in and of itself that Jesus is real and existed, the Gospels, yes, in, in almost complete unison, tell us that story. People, as we've said, argue the divinity and, you know, and, and the Godship of Jesus, but Jesus the person historically we know did exist and has existed. It's not just the gospels, there are writings outside of it. And to this day, he's still the most polarized person to ever walk this planet. Right. Um, does it do it for proof? Here's here's a, here's a, here's a question, a conversation I had with my kids this past week. So let's take something current in culture right now, right now, there's a lot of talk about aliens and UFOs, right? That's just, that's, it's in social media. You know, this guy has come forward before the, I believe it's the house or the Senate or whatever, and said that he has seen some things and knows some things. And all of a sudden there is a buzz that aliens exist. And I, I am getting random texts about like, what does the Bible say about aliens? Do you believe they're real? What does that do for your faith? All that kind of stuff. And I was telling my kids, I go, it's amazing to me that one person can come forward with no visible proof yet and say, I've seen an alien or a UFO. And everybody immediately goes, they're real. Right? Or at least questions there. Or questions it. Yeah, yeah. Or starts to believe it. We have four people that wrote eyewitness accounts of Jesus. And people are like, no, they're lying. It wasn't true. <laughs> we will believe one man's UFO story over four people that walked and talked with Jesus. Wow. That blows my mind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I think that when it comes to the Gospels, they are, yes, they're proof in the evidence because they walked with him. Um, yeah. The second part of that question, I think, is a little bit quicker and simpler in the fact that um, no, there are not uh, any Old Testament passages that prophesy about disciples. I would also say John the Baptist wasn't quite prophesied about. He just said, I am the one that, as Isaiah said, that has now shown up to prepare the way for the Lord. They thought he was somebody completely else. He was using scripture to say someone's coming to prepare the way that I'm playing that role. So in a way, yes, but in a way, no, it wasn't like, Hey, that's what prophecy was all about was John the Baptist. He was just fulfilling that part to let people know I'm not Elijah. You think that I am uh, one is coming after me who is mightier than I will talk about that a little bit this morning. Yeah. So, um, but Maybe that answers a little bit of that, but I, I, I am dumbfounded by the amount of people right now that want to talk about aliens because of one man's quote unquote testimony. And we have four people's testimony Crazy. written in accordance with each other. And people are like, no, nope, not true. Don't want to believe that one. Yeah. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could get into as well, you know, that each, 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 Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John kind of written towards a different demographic of people as well. Yep. 
you know, so different audiences for them to understand and them to be able to to uh, take it and really understand Jesus. Um, their per, their their uh, John's view of Jesus was a little bit different, you know, than Luke's. Their background as far as occupation kind of showed a little bit of their uh, of, of who they were in their writing, yep. things like that. So um, I find that all very intriguing when it comes to how God utilized their um, their background to yeah to be a part of, of 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 scripture. But we are on Matthew chapter three and four, um, and we're talking through now. We've kind of we're jumping into into Jesus's kind of what, what would you say preparation and. Um, getting ready for uh, the call of ministry in his life. Yeah, um, I mean, his mission yeah. was there from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just where he arrives in, in the form of an adult. Yeah. And we really begin to see his life here on earth. And what we're looking at is the fact that these two pieces of the story are there fundamentally for a reason. As you just said, Matthew wants you to pay attention at the very beginning of his gospel. So the very first gospel we get in the New Testament, written by Matthew, um, he makes sure in the first few chapters that he is letting you know exactly who Jesus is. And mm. so he's not just writing about him. He, he He's recording events that took place, but to tell the bigger picture. And really what he's trying to get people to understand is that the king of heaven has come to earth. That is why we get the genealogy. That is why we get the birth of Jesus, you know, and 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 all that comes with that. And then the miracle of Mary, you know, um, getting pregnant and and their angels arriving to declare that the Savior has come. And then we get his baptism and we get his temptation in the wilderness. So all of these moments are showing the magnitude and the reality of what God promised all the way at the beginning has arrived and shown up. And so the details matter in the story. Yeah. You opened up with a great um, just statement. We exist to help people rethink life the way God intended. But I love it. You know, you said this too. The Bible was written by real people. We've said this a few times. Real people in real places at real times. Uh, it's a great way to really open up, especially where we're at in the never-ending story, because we can we can almost have this fairy tale uh, perception of Scripture you know, um, that is just fiction, you know? And so to break that misunderstanding or, or, or that lie right from the bat, like, listen, this is, this is actual things. Like I think about movies when you right away, they say based on a true story. Now I, your mindset kind of shifts and you're like, okay, yeah. this is, this is real now. Like this is not, you know, like there's a, something, something turns on there when you start to, to, to really hone in on this is actual things that really took place. Like, I was talking with someone last night and they said, do you think that when we call them characters of the Bible, we do a disservice? Mm. And I told them, yeah, I think we do. And when we say characters of the Bible, we know what that means. However, for a non-believer, or I would say for young believers, I think the further and further we get into today's time, um, the further away from the events of the Bible, the next generations to come after us inevitably begin to look at this as such a long time ago story. It's already hard to make a connection to it. 
And I told him, I said, you know, we, if you're listening, we are going through a year long series and we call it the never ending story because we just wanted a, a really, I don't know, fun title that reminded us that God's word never ends. We can keep going back. We can go back to parts we've talked about in the last 30 three weeks, and we can spend hours talking about things we didn't even talk about yet. Um, that shows that it's never ending. It's an everlasting story. That's why we gave it the title. But I think about like doing that for some people makes it feel like, like a storybook, you know, all, all of a sudden for some people, the Bible is like with the, the Lord of the Rings books or with the Harry Potter books, or, you know, it's just this series of books compiled yeah. together that tell a story instead of these are real people in real places at real times. And for the skeptic or the person struggling with the Bible, at least start there mm. before you disbelieve uh, the Godship, you, you disbelieve the divinity, the, the supernatural elements, the miraculous. Um, there are really no scholars or historians that debate the real people, real places, real time truth to the Bible because it is recorded history. What they will debate is the things I just talked about. Godship, supernatural, miraculous things, people coming back from the dead, but the people and places in the times all existed. Some of them you can still travel to today. You know, some of them that existed thousands of years ago still exist today. The writings that were happened thousands of years ago, we're finding things that match them identically. You take the Dead Sea Scrolls that shows us, you know, pieces of scripture that we've been translating for hundreds and thousands of years past Jesus that, go all the way back to the time before Jesus. So historically, this stuff happened. You have to then wrestle through the supernatural as aspect of it. Mm. And that is really what the life of Jesus is going to disrupt for many people. At some point, Jesus disrupts your entire life and way of thinking. So we exist as a church in East Orlando to rethink life the way God intended and when we say that, it's kind of like the story thing, right? We don't exist just so that you think differently. When we say rethink, it's because what you think about is what you become. Therefore, when your mind is transformed and renewed, Romans chapter 12, you know, um, this is what it brings about, then, then you understand it says the perfect will of God, what God is about, what his will is, what his yeah. desire is for your life. So it changes the way that you think. And in, in our, in our growth track class, we will even quote, you know, someone like Gandhi, you know, not because we align with what he believes. He just says, what you think is what you become. So it's like, listen, there are people in the world that understand this aspect that where you place your mind, what you watch, what you see, what you listen to is what you become. That's just a reality. However, God's word is supernaturally powerful. It tells us that it renews and transforms our mind. Therefore, we exist to rethink life the way God intended. And I will tell you this, that answers a lot of questions really easy in the sense of when people go, well, what about this or what about that? Our stance is, well, let's look at the way God intended it to be. Not the way culture, not the way the world, not the way you want it to be, not your opinion, not social media, not Facebook, not Twitter, not X, not, uh, you know, any of those things. How did God intend it to be? Mm. And let's live that way. Yeah. 
that is the blueprint of what we of what we're following and God's story as well doesn't exist to answer all of our questions like we don't we're, we're you know many of us have a list full of questions as to why this why that why that way why you know uh, but it exists to really reveal himself and and how he chooses and so we don't have the answers to our life even we may know what we're going to do tomorrow maybe we know what we'll do the end of this week right but um we continue to roll yeah and you know we may not know that but we know that there is um there's life and god exists so he is going to reveal those things in due time when you are uh when it's when it's needed yeah. so uh, but yeah man you jumped right into matthew 3 verses 1 through 6 uh and talked about john the baptist coming in and now he's in the wilderness in judea uh, and he's preaching and he's saying repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet isaiah when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord Make his paths straight. Uh, and then we go into a little bit of who John the Baptist was uh, in regards to just his description and what the Bible says about that. Um, but then then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. Um, you went into Malachi as well to kind of bring um, symmetry into what is currently being talked about in the book of Matthew. Yeah. So the, the overarching question for anybody listening and watching today is, or the question would be, is Jesus who he claimed to be for Matthew? He's trying to write to a Jewish audience that has been waiting for the promise of God for yeah. thousands of years at one point sitting in spiritual silence for 400 years after the prophets, you know, went silent. And, and, and so he's trying to get them to see that Jesus is the Messiah. The same way we're trying to get people to see that Jesus is who he claimed to be. So John the Baptist is a fascinating character because He's the cousin of Jesus. He goes all the way back to the birth of Jesus, right? This is this is the story where, you know, they, they come together and he jumps in his mother's womb because it's as if he knows, you know, Jesus being in the womb of Mary, who, who he is type of a deal, kind of a foretelling of, of this greatness, this great gift that God has brought to the world. Um, John the Baptist is fascinating because whatever he's doing, pay attention to the fact that people are coming from all over. So let's go back to real people and real places at real time. It names all these real places. And at this real moment, they are coming from everywhere to see this real person mm. because what he's been preaching and teaching has awakened them to the point where they not only want to be baptized, their baptism is also a moment of them confessing their sins. Mm. This is, this is awesome to me because I think that we have misunderstood baptism in so many ways. And as we say, baptism is, uh, is obedience as a follower of Jesus to proclaim I've put my faith and trust in him. And so there is this essence of when I'm being baptized, it is proclaiming a life change. This is what's happening here. They are going into the water to be baptized, repenting and confessing sin in their life. Um, 
totally different from those who say, well, I was confirmed at birth. Yeah, but you haven't made any decision consciously to follow Jesus. And if you have, then we need to talk about some things. As well as the Christian who says, well, I don't want to get baptized right now. I'm waiting. Well, what are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting to make it a big celebration party. Yeah, I understand that a little bit, but it's really not about, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about him and what he's done in you. And so therefore, instead of looking at it through an Americanized consumer, let me throw a big party and streamers and all that stuff and let me set the date. The, the thing is, is I want to get baptized now mm. to physically and spiritually show what has changed and transformed in my life. Yeah. This is happening and people are coming from everywhere to see it. And they're, they're astonished at John because his message is so bold. He is a very bold preacher and teacher. Imagine, we haven't read this yet, someone coming along saying, repent of your sins mm. and be baptized. So we don't like preachers to do that today, right? I've talked about my grandfather being a hellfire and brimstone preacher. We don't like to go to churches where the pastors are up there saying, you're a sinner, you need to repent, you need to come to the altar, and you need to get right with God. Mm. And it's like, leave me alone, you're just guilting me spiritually, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff. John's very bold in that. Yet people are responding. And so he wants them to know that, hey, although you're responding to me, I'm not the one you think that I am. Mm -hmm. So he goes, and so that we go back to Malachi. Because Malachi chapter 4, there will be one like Elijah who comes before the awesome and mighty day of the Lord. So Israel is looking for the next great prophet, Elijah. Mm -hmm. The next great Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 18. God will raise up for you one like me from among you and you shall listen to him. So they're looking for the new Moses. They're looking for the new Elijah. They're looking for this promised Messiah yeah. through Abraham back at Genesis 3. They think Elijah's him. Be, I mean, John is him because John mimics Elijah, yeah. dresses like him, eats like him, Bold. preaches like him. Yeah. And he's like, great, I'm doing all those things. Yeah. Maybe you, he you wants to like follow like Elijah. We, we want. But I'm not him. Mm. Don't get me mixed up. Eh. Right? That's wow. wow. I just came and to prepare good, the way. Good for John too, though. Like, imagine you're getting all that feedback, you're getting that response, you know, you're getting this recognition, and it's like, hold up, right? It that that should teach us a lot, at least those in ministry. Yeah. Right. Like, this is this is not this is not my show. We we know later that some of John's disciples mm. become Jesus's disciples. He's like, hey, 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 stop following me. Wow. <laughs> Go follow this guy. Wow. Right? So the humbleness yeah. and his boldness and his popularity. Yeah. I mean, he's so popular, he eventually gets in prison and beheaded by King Herod because of what he's preaching and teaching. Yeah. Like he he goes all the way to the end. Like Higher I'm not shutting up. Him. Yeah. I'm not stopping, but I'm not the guy you're looking for. He's about to come, but it's not me. I'm just preparing the way. I'm getting you primed and ready. And that is why this character, who is a real person in the real story of God, matters because he's setting the stage for Jesus to show up. And, and that will introduce us to why all these things matter so much. Yeah, they do. But he's, uh, he's, he's hitting them hard. He sees them coming, Pharisees and, and, and uh, said, Sadducees. Sadducees, okay, uh, coming to his baptism. He said to them, a brood of vipers, 
who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce uh, fruit consistent with uh, a repentance, and don't presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that God is able to raise up children from Abraham from these stones, right? So they're, they're like, they're, they're like, let me observe and see, and if it kind of fits what I like, then I'll claim it and I'll take full response of it, right? That seems to be their attitude, and yeah. John's saying, hey, listen, God doesn't need you. You know, like yeah, he can create children out of these stones like you, you. You just don't pick and choose how this goes. And and you said often people don't mind. They don't mind listening. You know, hey, I'll take a, I'll take a peek. They just want their way of living left alone. Yeah. Like, so now you're challenging me. And yeah, I mean, he's he's stepping on toes. Yes. And. I will, I will say this, and I think people need this perspective because immediately this is where things go off the rails. Because so many religious leaders are confronted in the Gospels, I have learned and now observed a generation that pretty much says all religious leaders are no good. At least that's their, their summary. And there have been a lot of them that have done wrong, right? Not all the religious leaders in the Bible were wrong, right? But what we do is we paint one broad stroke immediately. And so then now there's a generation that's like, that's why we don't need the church and we don't need leaders and we don't need pastors because even the Bible, they weren't doing what God told them to do. you know. And so therefore, once again, we're just putting everybody in the same bucket. Mm. And that's, that's, that's immaturity and that's, that's ignorance. Um, not saying that some people haven't done wrong and given it a black eye the same way back here. But John is extremely bold to call them brood of vipers, right? What's the other pictures we get of a snake in the Bible, right? A, a crafty serpent, you know, who weaves his way into the story. So his language is very strong to them. And he's pretty much telling them, like, you haven't even re repented. You're not producing consistent fruit. Wow. And what you're doing is you're claiming I'm a son of Abraham. So here's the problem with Christianity. Some of us are claiming something that's not reality for us. This is why we say it's very important that you understand what it means to truly follow God. There are a lot of people who will say, I had this moment at this stage of my life, and then the rest of my life I've done nothing with God, for God, or wanted God, but I'm claiming that moment. And here you have people going, we're claiming our heritage. We're claiming our ethnicity. We're claiming where we came from. We yeah. have people that claim their religion. How many people in the city that I've gone up to and I say, hey, do you go to church somewhere? And I will get the response, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic. Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm like, Christian. Yeah. I'm, I'm Catholic. Well, I'm Christian. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. And they, they can't explain it. They just claim something. So these religious leaders are doing the same thing. And then you have John saying, hey, let me tell you something. This is a God who created people from the dust of the ground. As you just said, he doesn't need you. He can take these rocks and raise them up to worship him yeah. if he needs to do that. And so there's this very stern teaching at the very beginning coming out of John's mouth that people need to wake up and realize the kingdom of God is showing up. It's at hand. It's near. This is what his, his message will be. Therefore, 
You need to check yourself, your life, your sins, repent and turn from them now. Stop walking in the ways that you think that are inconsistent and are not producing fruit and claiming to hold on to something that gives you no validity in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, man. Such a, it's, it's great how a lot of these, these situations um, really connect with our current situations in life as well. And you just, you, you know, you find yourself in that same, you know, one or one side or the other, you know, which one are you in? And so now we're in, we're at the place now we're, uh, Continuing on here, Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you. This is John saying, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than me and I. Humility displayed there. Whose sandals I am not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah, that's powerful. That's good. And that's amazing because yeah. that's what we find. Jesus will show up. Yeah. He will eventually turn to his disciples and say, it's better for me to leave so that the comforter, the spirit can come. Yeah. Um, that baptism with spirit and fire, you know, um, you're seeing some of that in Acts chapter two. At the same time, that that word fire is also symbolic for what fire does and fire refines. Right. Mm. That's what you use when you are, you know, getting the purities out of like gold. You know, it's it's yeah. it's getting the, the dirt away. And so it's it's reminding us that when Jesus shows up, as we said, he's gonna disrupt your life. And if you let him invade your life, invade your heart, invade your mind, your wow. thinking, he's bringing the spirit, the power of God with him, and he's bringing fire because it's gonna refine and it's going to burn and it's going to, to get rid of the impurities that don't belong in your way of living. That's what he's bringing. So John is saying, look, I'm showing up just saying, repent, be aware, and turn from these things. Jesus is showing up with the power that's going to penetrate your life mm. in a whole different way. And so once again, he's just repeating this. This is why I'm here. This is my role to play in the story of God. This is how God is using me. But don't lose focus of who's about to show up. Yeah. And, and Jesus is here replying and saying to, to, to John, hey, listen, this must come to pass to fulfill all righteousness, right? To fulfill um, scripture, to be an example, right? Um, because that's what Jesus's life was and is for us, is an example of us to follow from beginning to end. Uh, as we'll see as he progresses and moves forward in, in his life here. Yeah, but, he, he uses that word righteousness, mm -hmm. fulfill it. Righteousness in its simplicity, for those just trying to understand maybe a biblical term means right with God, mm. you know? Um, and so he's saying like, what I need to do is fulfilling what it means to be right with God. Wow. John's like, Hey, I don't need to be baptized. I don't need to baptize you. You don't need to repent of anything. You're the son of God. You are perfect. You are sinless. There's no repent and confess my sins. That's what everybody else is doing. And Jesus is telling him, no, listen, you have to baptize me because something else is about to happen. And I need everybody to see it and know it. And and I need it recorded wow. for people to hear it yeah. and read it, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. So is Jesus really the Messiah? Uh, as as they're doing the, the baptism, Jesus immediately, he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. 
Yeah. So this is like the famous stained glass window in the church. Yeah. You know, it's the the oil painting of the dove, you know, coming down uh, above the head of Jesus while yeah. he's coming up out of the water. You can you can think of all these, you know, images that you've seen, but the the story is so much deeper being told. That's the beauty and the power of what God is doing and this is why Jesus tells John these these things must happen yeah. to fulfill this. And so while we would say, oh, this is this is you know j- the beginning of Jesus's ministry. The, you know he he's baptized and then he went. There's so much more taking place that the people need to see because they're asking the question: Is Jesus the Messiah? Mm-hmm. We are asking: Is Jesus who he claimed to be? Is he really the Son of God? Even in our own society today, from those who are skeptical and and, and disbelieve all of this, and all these events have these amazing pictures that if you're studying the word of God, the story of God, it takes you back to. And so I I talk about often, like I said yesterday, we need spiritual whiplash. We need to be able to look in the Bible and go boom, 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 connect all these dots and get really excited about it because there's these moments where the light bulbs start going off and all of a sudden God's big story gets smaller and you're like, this is what makes God's story so amazing. And so here within this one moment, You have multiple things happening. It is not just Jesus showing up, Jesus beginning his earthly mission and purpose as an adult. It is the confirmation, the affirmation, and it is God's stamp on him that this is the Messiah. This is the promise. He is who he is going to claim to be for all of us to see. To know that, you have to know pieces of the story that we've been through. In this moment, while this is taking place, we talked about this. This is fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, who said one is coming from the stump of Jesse. Yeah. That is King David's father. And and when he shows up, it says the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Yeah. So when Jesus steps into the water and the spirit of the Lord rests upon him, mm. it is confirmation that what Isaiah prophesied about way before the time of Jesus is happening right now with this person. And so now we have to begin to think, how do you, how do you answer that? Right? If you want to poke holes in all of this, how can you take something that was written hundreds of years before the time this person ever existed? Hmm. And it matched up perfectly, perfectly in the story with this person as multiple people have watched this. And as you just said earlier, we have multiple people write about this. Right, real people, real places, and real time recording this. You have to wrestle through that truth and reality yourself. Then there's this whole um, Genesis one moment happening. So you Genesis one, the first book of the Old Testament, Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, Genesis one, the beginning of the story of God, Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, the new covenant of God with Jesus. And so at Genesis 1, let us make man in our image, showing that there is the triune God that existed before all of this. John will tell us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So we know that that Christ, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, they all existed before. The New Testament, as we know of it, was written. Um and it's happening here in the waters. You have God speaking. You have his spirit hovering over. You have his son 
physically standing in the water. And then Genesis 1, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of darkness. Matthew chapter 3, the Spirit of God hovered over his son standing in the waters. Mm. Genesis 1, God speaks after everything he creates. He says, it is good. Matthew 3, God speaks, and he says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, who is good. And so you really have this whole like picture of God saying, listen, Actions. Yeah. what got disrupted in the beginning is about to be redeemed through this one. What Adam got wrong, my son has arrived to get right. Man. Like that's where you're like, oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Like that's different. That's a different way to see the Bible yeah. and God's story. It's great. It's a great connection. There's another one that you, we bring up as we get go further on uh, yeah. into, into this, but um, it's fantastic. I, I, the connections here are just amazing. And again, if you're, you're doubting and questioning these things, I mean, man, how much more do you need in regards to uh, prophecies and connections and just all, all, all of this that really reaffirms who Jesus is and was uh, for us. But um, coming off of this, uh, that, 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 that connection with Isaiah, um, it really ties into what's going to really happen next because when you begin to live on mission for God, we know this, the enemy is watching, Right. And for many believers, um, or young believers, so to say, they, they, they experience good levels of victory, good levels of um, just a, a, a renewing of their life and their soul, and it's fantastic. And that's what happens when you begin to really release your life into, into, into Jesus' hands, and it's going to continue to, but I think we naively think that, that, that there isn't nothing, uh, there's no resistance coming. And, and we, we forget that there is an enemy that is looking to seek, that is looking to steal, kill, and destroy uh, our life at, at whatever cost it may be. And so when uh, the enemy's coming after us, and because we are a threat to the enemy's mission, yeah. So now you are, uh, so to say, a uh, visualization. You're a soldier now that has said, I am in the army of God, ready to take this mission for God. If, if you don't see that Adam and Eve weren't invincible to the enemy, mm. if you don't see that Jesus was going to be attacked by the enemy, yeah. if you don't realize that if it happened there, it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. So the false reality is that if I follow Jesus, nothing ever goes wrong. That's yeah, right. Man. And that's what we're trying to get people to see. The truth is when you come to Jesus, the enemy sees you as a threat. Yeah. Therefore he ramps up his attack. Sometimes people need to realize that if you're not being attacked, you need to check where you are spiritually with God, mm. because if you're not a threat to his work, then you're also probably not advancing the kingdom of God, you know, and that's the wrong Christianity to have. I have gotten right with God. I believe I'm secure in my salvation. Now I will just wait until God returns. That's terrible theology. It's, you know, so we're not in revelation yet, but when we get there, I will say that your view of revelation, if you have one, mm can play heavily into how you live out your Christianity. Wow. Right? And so, 
you know, it's it's the the person who's like, the world is so bad, I'm going to hide till God comes and takes yeah. me off this place. Yeah. Well, that's not what scripture tells us, right? Jesus, who prays in, in John chapter 14, 17. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not. That we would right. be the light. He, yeah, he prays. And then he says, uh, do not remove them, but protect them from the evil one. That he, that's his own prayer to his father. So it is a reminder that we are not to be removed from the world around us. We, as you just said, are to be light in darkness. We have a mission and purpose. The same that, that, that we were seeing in Jesus. That's why we are to mimic as much as him as we can to the world around us because of what we know is true and what we believe. And so therefore our way of life as a Christian matters. It does. Really matters. It does. Um, I think of conform, conform, conformity, conformity, that's the word, being comfortable. Um, and I think that's, that, that in itself, I think, can become an attack from the enemy. Like, I, 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 I think about, um, as you're saying that, like, uh, the attacks of, from the enemy c- can come in so many different facets. I think we have this misconception that it's just going to come in a, a, cer- a certain way, uh, but it can... It, it can really come in uh, such a different way than you ever imagined. And that's why we need the covering of God because uh, there's nothing that we can do on our own that can combat that. It's through the grace and the covering of His of, 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 of Him that allows us to really uh, have the victory. It's through Jesus. And so um, just understand that. For those that are listening, attacks will come in so many forms, shapes, and ways um, but that is one of those, that conformity, like I'm cool with what I got. Yeah. I'm chilling. Yep. I'm, I'm fine. And, and that in itself, I think is a, a way where the enemy can really, if you, if he's got you comfortable, what, what else, what else? You're really no threat. That's the Pharisees and the Sadducees yeah. with John, right? Yeah. Hey, we're sons of Abraham. We're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And this is happening in today's life. It is, it is, I'm religious. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? My parents, they were, they, they went to church. What does that mean? Yeah. Right. Like you, you're holding on to something that isn't there to actually hold on to. Yeah. You're being deceived by the enemy when you do that. Yeah. And therefore it needs to awaken you. And so we know the enemy is going to attack. We know he attacked Jesus because we go from the baptism to the wilderness. This is where the gospels take us. And it's in this wilderness moment that Jesus is away fasting and praying. And the enemy comes, it says, when he's hungry in his weakness. So this is the the beauty of God in flesh Mm. because we can't wrap our head around the fact that he is God and he is also man. But what it does is it shows us in the humanity that when he took on flesh, that he dealt with the same things that we have dealt with. Now, obviously, because he is also God, he is has the power to overcome that. But it lets you show that the temptation still came. The, the attack still came. While he was hungry, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy shows up. And then says, hey, I'll turn all this all this rock into bread for you. And Jesus quotes scripture back to him. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. And uh, this happens three times. 
this is the beauty of the never-ending story. We didn't even talk about the other two yesterday, right? No. So we can come back to this passage on a whole nother week, and we can teach the other two temptations in the, in the, in the wilderness because we didn't even talk about those. That is the level of the power of God's word that can take us uh, on an adventure spiritually yeah. that no other book can because it doesn't have the supernatural power. But he tempts him in that, and this is where now we begin to see that second part of God affirming and confirming Jesus is who he's going to claim to be. For Matthew, as he's writing, this is the Messiah you've been waiting for and looking for. And, and so we catch it in the reality of what Jesus is doing. So when he quotes, man shall not live by bread alone, he's telling Satan a story bigger than just those two sentences. This is the beauty of God's word. This is what we need to be aware of. Yeah. Satan knows the word of God. He knows the word of God. Yeah. He knows the stories of God. He, he is fully aware of those things. Yeah. The Bible will tell us even the demons believe yeah. in God. I'm reading so, Job right now, and he's the enemy's coming to God in a conversation. Yeah, and he knows how to use even yeah. God's word against you in, in his attacks or to manipulate it or twist it just enough where you can't decipher if it's actually true or if it's not, you know? And so he tries to do that with Jesus and Jesus tells a much bigger picture, taking him back to Deuteronomy chapter eight, which then the whole story includes, uh, the nation of Israel being led by God, just as Jesus is led by God into the wilderness by the spirit of God. God leads the nation of Israel. He leads them there for 40 years, leads Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. And then they get hungry and he gives them manna, but reminds them you didn't need that. You don't need just physical. You need the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus in one broad stripe of quoting just a piece of scripture is really painting a whole picture for the enemy. Like I know the whole story. And I know that in the wilderness, God was testing the hearts of the people. And I know that while I'm in the wilderness, God is testing my heart to be obedient as his son for the mission and purpose that he has for me. And so what we begin to have is, once again, here's that symmetry, right? Yeah. That beautiful parallel that most people don't see of, of Adam and Jesus again. Hmm. The beginning of God's story, the beginning of the New Testament, the New Covenant, the beginning of, of redemption for the world in Jesus. And so you have both characters. Adam is the first of creation. Jesus is the firstborn son of God. Adam gets tempted uh, in the garden with food. Jesus gets tempted in the wilderness with food. Adam disobeys God, and it's amazing to me. This is the crazy part that I think is so fascinating. Adam gets removed from the garden, really into the wilderness, right? He's out of paradise. Now it says you will work the ground. It will be thickets and, and, and bushes and, and, and thorns. Jesus is in the wilderness when this is happening. And we know that he's going to lead people back to the garden or Revelation will say a city, you know, that comes from heaven type of a deal. And then we know that Adam's decisions lead him away from his mission. His mission and vocation was to steward and have dominion over creation. Jesus's obedience 
leads him into his mission. That's why this is the first one of the first stories we're seeing. And what we realize is that Adam brings death. Jesus shows up to bring life. It's like this whole counter moment happening where God is truly declaring everything you've waited for since Genesis 3 is here. You have to choose to believe it and trust it. Just the way, same way Matthew wanted the Jewish people to know this is the Messiah, they have to choose to believe it and trust it. We have to look at it and go, is Jesus who he claimed he would be? Yeah. And choose to trust and believe it. Yeah. And that's the skeptic. You can't really believe or trust anything anymore. Right? Yes. And the reality is if Jesus is who he claims to be and who God's story tells us he is, what will I do with that truth? You told you told the congregation. You said, "Now you're, now you have knowledge." I remember, um, I remember a teacher told me, um, "Ah, God, why am I, am I uh, forgetting now?" But uh, I'm gonna sum it up a little bit. I might, I might not have it 100. percent But basically, basically, knowledge is power now. Like, like, <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, for me, like. Growing up in 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 nutrition and and the understanding of nutrition, uh, it almost was a good and bad, because now you I know that that burger has X amount of calories. Like I don't look at that meal any and I look at it differently now. Differently now, now it's not just a uh, a meal that I enjoy that brings me back to my childhood. Now it's how much fat does that meal carry uh carbohydrates protein like in a good in a way it's great it gives you the knowledge and understanding you need and the other side of it it's like now i because i know that i'm held responsible to how am i going to approach uh me going eating that am i gonna choose this or am i gonna choose that so in in saying that you're hearing the word of god now how are you going to respond to that now that you've been enlightened, now that you've grown in the understanding of God, now that you have uh, the details of God's word, how are you using that? Um, how are you going to respond? And now you're held accountable. You know this. And at the end of time, when God says, what have you done with what I've given you? You cannot say, I didn't know. Because in August 2023, for those that were sitting there, those that are hearing this here today, you, you heard it. You heard the good news. So what it does, and for every listener and watcher right now, you, you have to lean into this, okay? You, you may not like what I'm about to say, and you may not like how it feels, and you may want to fight against it. That's fine. This will be my John the Baptist moment, right? <laughs> not going to call you a a brood of vipers, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. It's very dangerous to move from ignorance to rebellion. And once you've heard, you can no longer claim ignorance. Therefore, if you've heard and you choose to do otherwise, you have chosen rebellion. And throughout the story of God, it is rebellion that we see anger and judgment and wrath from God show up, mm. right? And 
because you know, as you just said, you've now heard you have chosen other than. You no longer get to say, I didn't know, never heard, no one ever told me, none of that. That's ignorance. There are things that people do in ignorance. My wife will often say, you have so much grace for a total stranger. And you struggle sometimes with grace for like a friend or family member. And I will tell her, the reason being is that total stranger that I've met that's completely lost doesn't know any of this. They're ignorant to it. The friend or the family member has heard it over and over and over <laughs> again, and they keep going there. Yeah. You know, so I do struggle with that. Thankfully, God is different, you know, than me. But I would just, I would, I would really awaken to the reality that the more you hear this, if nothing changes, the more you're going to be accountable to God before God. And that, that is where Your choice is clear. We get into when Jesus begins to preach and he says, you know, I will separate the sheep from the goats. And many will say, I, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied it in your name. I, I, right. It was a They're show holding man. on to all this stuff. And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you did something other than, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I just know that I don't want to be on that side of the line. Right. I want to be on the side of the line where he says, welcome in thy good and faithful servant. And that is where the, the decision to faithfully obey God comes into play. It does not mean perfection. It does not mean that you will not mess up. It does not mean that you will not sin. But we have discovered and understood what real repentance looks like yeah. and is available and offered to us. And when Jesus shows up, what he brings to the world in redeeming and reclaiming the sin in our lives, however, we have to choose, do we belong to him or do we belong to our own way? And I think about the, I don't know her name right now, the girl who wrote Hosanna, the song that we've sang yeah, way in the past. Um, uh, um, I know who you're talking about, yeah. I remember one of her more famous songs uh, has a video with it about, I think it's like kids in Africa. And she gave the testimony that she went to Africa and went to this impoverished third world situation and circumstance. And it so wrecked her that she said, for the rest of my life, I cannot just use my platform and think that it's going to be, it's going to get me somewhere. I'm now responsible to tell their story everywhere I go. So that's why I wrote this song so that in every concert I sing this song to remember and not forget their need. And I thought that's so beautiful that she would truly say I'm responsible. Wow. Is she, is she personally responsible to save every kid in Africa? No, but is she playing her part however she can because of the awareness that she was brought to? And that is the reality of our faith. When we're brought into an awareness of who God is, what he's done, who Jesus is, who he claimed to be, we now have a choice. If this is true, what does trust and follow look like? And that's where I said, and I've heard it so many different ways as a kid, and it, but it stuck with me. And it always has. And I've heard other preachers and teachers, I think even Lecrae, the Christian hip-hop artist, has his like rendition of it. But it is, that, it is that saying of, if I'm wrong in all that I've been teaching, mm. I don't lose anything. 
right? Uh, I, I live by a good moral code, moral standards that I believe are right. Help people, bring hope, you know, don't spend my life chasing material things. I believe in marriage and being faithful to one wife. Yeah. I, I believe in helping people in struggling situations. I believe that what God has given me is to be stewarded and so is to be shared among those who are in need. I could go down the list. If I'm wrong about the whole thing, Jesus in heaven and all that, I, I, I live by good, good moral standards, right? But if I'm right and you're wrong and you didn't choose to trust and follow this, you lose everything, right? You lose everything for a little bit of trying to gain something different here for what you wanted. And that's the reality, I think, for some people is if I believe it, we'll learn about this next week. It's not just belief anymore. Jesus shows up, and this is probably the segue, and says, come follow me. He doesn't say sit around and just say you trust and believe in me. Come follow me. That's the difference when Jesus arrives. Stop just claiming, oh, I'm one of Abraham's children. Yeah. Come follow me. Do what I do. Yeah. Ah, so good. So good. If you, you can't be, listen, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, I, you know how hard it is for me to sometimes follow you up after these, these preachings like that. The, the last coming, time I had to follow you up, you, down the pipe. the last time I had to follow you up, man, it was like that. You, you shot a, you a repentance style <laughs> message, bro. That changed some, some lives, man. It was so good. Listen, um, I'm excited. In two weeks. Two weeks. You um, get the microphone. I get the sermon on the mouth. You know what else that means? It's fantastic, man. You know what else that means? You're the captain. I get that chair. <laughs> I there get is the, nothing I get special the cup, about I get this the cup holder. Chair. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the happens. biggest thing about this. We huh? get the switch. You get the cup holder. And I get to drill you <laughs> and see, you know, yeah. how this is really going to go. This is great. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, but I love how you're teeing this up into our uh, next week, which is going to be great. Um, but, man, I, we hope this was a huge blessing for you guys uh, as we're just really going deeper into the story now, the never-ending story. But now that we are uh, have arrived with Jesus, it is just fantastic to see uh, just really his example and the details of his life and the connections that are made uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament in his life. So we hope you were blessed with episode 34, Matthew 3 and 4. Check us out over at YouTube as well, Genesis Church Orlando on YouTube. You can watch the services on demand. We go live 9.30 and 11 o'clock on Sundays. Come and join us if you're in East Orlando. GenesisChurchOrlando.com has all the details that you need to come and be a part of what we're doing in-house. In, in we would love to have you guys joining us. Uh, but again, if you have any questions, if you have anything with any episode that you are listening to, we want to hear back from you. DM us over at on Instagram, post Sunday podcast. Uh, send us an email as well, postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Wow, and we'll we'll uh, we might feature you over at the um, post Sunday podcast question of the week. We might have you featured, so just be 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 tuned for that. But uh, hope you were blessed. Follow us on all social media platforms, 
And uh, we can't wait to be back with you guys here on episode 35 next week. So we hope you are blessed. We'll see you back next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast. Presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.